I want to be a chemical engineer because I was like, chemical engineering, a lot of people told me, you know, mixes physics, math, and chemistry, all my favorite subjects in high school. So I was like, okay, makes sense. I'm going to be a chemical engineer. I get to MIT. I'm, I'm doing chemical engineering, right? I declare my major. And then I ended up working on Wall Street my freshman summer. I ended up working at Morgan Stanley, which is an investment bank. And, and there I met people that were doing like really insane stuff. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Beautiful Grind. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today on the podcast, we have Stephen Henry. He is currently an MIT senior. And we were, today for the podcast, we first kind of dove into his experiences in high school, how he uh, started to really explore himself as a person and understand the value that he could bring to a college or a job or anything like that. Next, we start to explore, you know, how do you write a good college application? How do you pursue an opportunity and put your best foot forward? And what exactly are colleges looking for? Uh, it's really insightful what he has to share as he's gone through the process himself multiple times and he's been on the deciding uh, side of that as well. So he understands really, you know, what are colleges, what are jobs, what are people looking for? And so I think uh, you guys will really appreciate that. And finally, we talk about Stefan's experiences at MIT and what he gained from that, as well as his first internship, which was on Wall Street, as you heard from our intro quote. Anyways, thanks so much, guys, for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys really enjoy this. Please share and your comments or your thoughts and spread this podcast out. Thanks. Let's get right into it. How'd you get started? You know, where did where were you kind of freshman year of high school? And how did that lead up to going to MIT? Sure. Um, so where I was freshman year of high school, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, so I went to this uh, high school called Brooklyn Technical High School. Um, and I started out like in this program that was like trying to get kids to think about being in medicine in some way. Um, so freshman year of high school, I had like world history, some basic like, you know, geometry class, um, chemistry and biology. So I like, really, really like basic level stuff in high school. So I wasn't really doing too much. Um, I started playing, I had started playing uh, football um, for the football team of my high school. Um, and it was, it was honestly pretty simple times. I was just doing stuff that I liked. Um, I, I had really gotten uh, interested in math. So I'd like, you know, look at some stuff that the math team was doing. But other than that, I would just really go to class, go home, um, well, go to class, play, uh, go to football practice, go home, have spend time with my family. So it was pretty simple. Well, that's like still some nice time. I mean, you're still kind of, you know, developing when you're starting out and then like you're kind of still exploring what you like. So you saw you were saying that you were in sort of like a program that was interested in getting students interested in medicine. Yeah, yeah. So the point of the program was to, you know, teach us some it was, it was kind of like a pre pre med. So, you know, how you have a pre med in college. So it was like a pre pre med thing where like, you know, you got to learn some little things about anatomy or whatnot, or, you know, about the body. Um, so that's, I guess that was like the extra thing that I did on top of like, you know, my, you know, regular courses in high school. Um, so I'd say, I mean, the time was pretty well spent. I, re I relaxed a lot. Um, and yeah, so like that's, that was sort of my freshman year of high school. Yeah, it sounds like it was a good year. But you also you did say that you started to get interested in math. How did you start to pursue that? You know, how did that develop? 
Yeah, so um, actually my dad, he's a math teacher. Um, and I remember he always had like some books uh, at home that I would like kind of look through. Um, and I remember, you know, looking through some of like some pure math stuff and talking with some of my friends that were like really into math that, you know, they got me sort of excited and I started to, you know, look at some of the stuff that the math team was doing. Now I didn't join the math team at school, but um, I would like, you know, sit in and sort of watch what they were doing um, at school my freshman year when I, whenever I had sort of like the free time, um, like if I didn't have practice that day or, you know, I came in maybe a little earlier and talked with them about certain things because they had first period uh, math team stuff. So it, it, it sort of started from like, I'll say my dad and the stuff that he had uh, like on the shelves. And then I just, just went with it. Um, and I didn't really go too far. I'm not a math major now, but it was kind of some cool stuff um, just to look at. Uh, so that's how I got involved with sort of math and stuff. Yeah. So as high school progresses, you know, you started off um, freshman year doing football and, you know, taking your classes. So as, as high school sort of progressed for you, um, mm -hmm. Where did you go from, you know, sophomore, junior, even senior year, as far as courses, extracurriculars, you know, sports, mm -hmm. uh, anything like that you were interested in? Yeah. So, I mean, I stayed on the football team my entire time in high school. So that, of course, you know, like ramped up in responsibilities, ramped up in sort of intensity as you go from like JV to varsity and then even trying to make sure that, you know, you're doing well in varsity. So working out and stuff. Um, my course is ramped up a little bit, right? Started, started taking a little more APs. Now, in my high school, we had majors, believe it or not. And so oh. if we had a predefined track, and I was like in the medicine major. It was called Gateway to Medicine. So we had sort of like predefined tracks where, of course, there's a ramp up in courses and sort of like, you know, your AP curriculum and the difficulty of courses as you go along. Um, and then there's a point where I, you know, I courses that were, you know, um, mandated by the major and then I had like you know I added on some courses that I thought would re be really cool so my senior year I decided to take like AB Physics C um, e and and Magnetism um, e and Magnetism and, um, and Mechanics because it was offered at my school um, I decided to do you know multivariable because it was offered at my school so like there was you know the courses that were given to me by my major and then some that I just picked because I was just interested in it so like that, you know, when I was talking about the math thing, I made sure that I sort of doubled down on the math that I took when I started getting into physics um, because I thought it would be pretty interesting. So that's sort of how I ramped up my courses um, while at high school. And then extracurriculars, I started to get into things that like, I don't know, like my freshman year was a formative year where I started to just figure out myself. And I started to, you know, jump into some things. So I was part of something called Science Bowl, which is like a, like a Jeopardy thing, but for science questions. like they'll ask you questions like, uh, you know, what's the time that it takes if you drop like, you know, 10 kilogram weight from a height of 10 meters at the sky, how long will it take to hit the ground? Um, so that was, that was some of the stuff that I um, did. Uh, so like ramping up my extracurriculars, I just started to just do stuff that I liked. Didn't really think too much about, you know, like strategically doing this or that. I just did stuff that I liked, my friends were in and, um, and I just ha and it just happened sort of like, you know, that it worked out that there were, you know, pretty good things to do to, to sort of develop myself. Yeah, that sounds like you had a really fun time in high school, you got to do stuff that you liked and enjoy yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah. No, it, I did. And I was, I was really, I was also really blessed that my high school had a good amount of resources that to, for me to, you know, figure out myself, for me to go and try new things, you know, because 
like my school is pretty big and a lot of other schools don't have as many clubs so you can't really try as many things but i i sort of use the resources at my schools to my to my at my school to my advantage i would say and it was yeah, really, me, really worthwhile yeah it's really cool me and brady are in a similar position we're able to take ap physics c as well it's super mm-hmm. cool class yeah, um, where did the uh you know you're you're talking about uh data analysis i saw on your linkedin that you were interested in data analysis and some analytical statistical type math where did that enter the fold or what kind of classes you know made you interested in that type of math yeah so um i would say where that started was okay so okay i graduated so i initially was in high school and i was like okay i want to be a doctor i want to do all these things and i realized nope i don't want to do it (laughs) uh i want to be a chemical engineer because i was like Chemical engineering, a lot of people told me, you know, mixes physics, math, and chemistry, all my favorite subjects in high school. So I was like, okay, makes sense. I'm going to be a chemical engineer. I get to MIT. I'm, I'm doing chemical engineering, right? I declared my major. And then I ended up working on Wall Street my freshman summer. I ended up working at Morgan Stanley, which is an investment bank. And, and there I met people that were doing, like, really insane stuff in terms of, like, you know, trading and stuff like that, like quantitative trading, quantitative strategies. And I'm, I ended up getting a really good connection with them because we just nerded out a lot about just random (laughs) stuff, you know, like we're just like every day I would go and like sit down with them and talk about like, you know, options pricing or this really cool math concept that I read. Um, And I realized that I had a lot more excitement about that job, about what they did than some of my courses, some of my traditional courses in chemi. Yeah. Engineering. So then I, I sort of had that, had a conversation with myself and I said, well, if I feel that good about it, I might as well just take it and run, you know, like I, 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 I that same thing happened to me with science ball in high school. I just, I sat down in a meeting for science ball and was like, this is really freaking cool. Let me do this. You know, and I was like, this is that same energy for finance and for it's like statistical learning and data science and stuff. I was like, I have that same energy that I did in high school for science school. I should, this is telling me that I should do this. Um, So that's where that, that's where that started. Um, It started from, from an internship that I didn't expect to get, didn't expect to meet the people I did and it just blossomed into something else. So that's where that started. There's so much to unpack there from what you just said. So first you kind of just glazed over, you know, uh, and then I went to MIT, which is something a lot of people like, whoa, well, how'd you do that? And then there's also where you said that you got an internship on Wall Street, which is, you know, that's, that's mind blowing in itself. And the third thing that I really like want to break down as well is, uh, you know, you, you have these conversations with yourself where you kind of talk to yourself and, you know, focus in on what you're thinking and how you feel about certain things, which I love about that. Like you're really being like considerate of how you're feeling about what you're doing. And I think that's pretty cool. But first let's start off with, How'd you get an MIT? I mean, where, why MIT? Yes. As, as weird as a question as that may sound, because it is MIT, but let's start with MIT. Um, so about uh, why MIT? Okay. So I thought, you know, MIT was this crazy place, you know, that all the, you know, crazy, nutty, smart people went and, you know, regular down to earth people like me that did, you know, somewhat well in high school, we had no chance. But then I applied for this program it's called WISE, which is like a weekend where they bring some students onto campus, try to encourage them to apply to sort of demystify MIT. I went there, 
I met so many amazing people that were kind of just like me. Um, and like the culture was a place where like, you can just be smart, do what hell you want. I'm not gonna say nobody cares, but like nobody's gonna like, you know, look at you negatively for it. Just do what you want, do what you're passionate about. And like, you're fine. Like people will support you. And I, I really like that. Um, because it's almost like, you know, like I can be a nerd and that's fine. You know, like <laughs> I, thought was, I thought that was pretty amazing. So when I got that and I was like, you know, like people are going through like similar things like me, you know, like people are human. I thought people weren't human. I thought they were a bunch of superhumans. Like it's crazy. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to apply early. And I got in. And then once I got in, I talked to, you know, connected with the people there and kept talking with them. I was like, I just fell in love with the place that I didn't even want to apply anywhere else. Now, explain that to my parents. That was kind of hard because they're like, you know, like for financial reasons, apply to different places. So of course I applied to like, um, like Princeton, Harvard, those places. But at the end of the day, like MIT was really where my heart was because it, it just, I could just do what I wanted and, you know, no one would really care. Like people will support you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I really love that because at other schools, it didn't feel as much that way. At least when I visited and talked to people, like there's like a community aspect of MIT that you really appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a huge community aspect of MIT. Like there, it's like everybody's going through a pretty like rough curriculum. So it's like when you're doing that together, it's almost like sort of a team. You know, like they, I would say from the start, like you're really like working as a team. There's no, there is quote unquote competition, but it's not really like people are always willing to help out, like share the, you know, share the textbooks, you know, uh, help out with problem sets, like ask anybody for help and they will help you um, no matter who they are. So it's, it's really, um, it's really a great place. And I, I sort of got that from just visiting and talking to people. And I would say it's been confirmed ever since I've been here. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, for me and some of my senior courses, um, I didn't really enjoy the first few weeks because, you know, I was in there and that, you know, there seemed like there was a lot of people who were kind of in the interest of self-serving themselves, like serving themselves and like, they were, you know, not really building that aspect or like they would be supportive and, you know, helpful. And I really missed kind of this, you know, supportive community aspect that like you're talking about in my classes. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted that. So I went to a class called Innovations that was just a bunch of kids, you know, mm -hmm. doing what they love and doing what they wanted to do. And they were helping each other out. And I, I get what you mean by that. Like, it's so crucial to have that. Exactly. Um, but there was another thing that you said as well. So you were talking about how your junior year, um, you felt like, you know, you weren't smart enough for MIT and, you know, MIT was for all those super smart, superhuman people. And you realized they were, they were then humans as well, that they weren't as, you know, unattainable as you thought. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess I want to ask real quick. So what were your like scores then? I mean, what, what was your standardized test scores? Um, yeah. What was your GPA looking like? Cause I know your program is, you know, something that's not very common. I'm, sh I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so my SAT, so like they, they've changed it ever since I like took it. You guys do like a two part thing, right? You do like a math and a verbal. Yeah. For us, it used to be like, you know, there's like a math part. There's like a reading part, verbal part. And then there's a writing part with an essay. Yeah. So, when I say my score, my score was a 2160. So which was a 710 math, 700 reading, writing, the re 700 reading and then 750 writing. Those are my scores. Okay. Um, Dang. That's pretty good. 
I took it. I took it once. I was like, I'm going to take this once, and I'm not going to take it again. Did not want to take it. <laughs> that was my mindset too. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to do this once, and that's fine. Um, and it's like for me, I always thought, you know, like you need like a 2400 you know like 2400 or better to get into MIT um or you know like perfect scores everywhere but um that, that was fine with me when I took the test um I didn't do any crazy SAT prep or anything like that I just took uh you know that big blue book that the that the college board sells oh yeah SAT. I just used one of those and did some practice tests and took the exam I was uh, on Khan Academy nonstop for me <laughs> uh, yeah I, I I did that and then I did the SAT twos um 800 on chemistry, 800 on the math, and um, 760 on the physics, actually. Um, nice. I took, because I took the physics one before I really, I didn't really have experience in physics before I took the physics one, so I had to, like, learn it um, from the book. So now if I took it back, if I, if I, knowing what I know now, if I went back, um, those, are, those are my scores, but um, GPA was, it was pretty good. I was in a, I'll say I was one of the top performers in my, in my grade. Um, so we do our, how we do our grades is based off like out of a hundred, I would say. So it wasn't like, you know, A's, B's. It was like, if you got a 94, you got a 94. If you got a 95, you got a 95. Yeah. Um, average for me in high school at that point, junior year, right? That's what you're asking. Yep. At that point, junior year, I was around maybe a 96. Dang. Um, 96 ish, but that was like, I don't know. I, I just, I was just very not confident because I just knew, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I'm, what I would say, I, I can say all those scores, but there was that part of me that was just like, I'm just not a superhuman, you know? I understand what you mean. Yeah. Cause it's just so, like, it's just, you know, it's what just, is MIT? Like, you exactly. don't know what it is. You don't know the people who are there. And, like, exactly. Cause everybody talks news, about it. You exactly. see the news, they're like, person from MIT creates project that connects your brain to the internet wirelessly. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's some crazy stuff. And it's like, it, 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 and even when people tell me, you know, like you know, your grades are good, like you'll be perfectly fine. I still didn't feel that because I was just like, I haven't made like the next computer, you know, I haven't done yeah. this crazy thing, you know, like I, I'm just a regular student that's just trying to do well in his classes, you know, and has some few passions in some certain thing just seemed pretty plain that didn't seem too like you know impressive to me but um it, it was all about sort of crafting your story at the end of the day um and I, I sort of like projected that to MIT about sort of who I am and, and it honestly like it came down to me just being honest with myself and as long as I was honest with myself and honest with them um, I think that's the best way I could put my foot forward in my application yeah and like I mean crafting the story you know I mean I guess a bigger term for that would be personal branding Mm-hmm. It's extremely crucial because I mean you're showing who you are you're showing like your values and your passion and it's really like it's kind of hard I feel like for some people to really be that vulnerable with their writing and you know share yes. share that level of truth about themselves with other people yeah yeah it's it's, it's definitely hard you know something that I um sort of started because of the college process I would say um, like during the, you know, like during the college process, you have like those questions you, that you have to answer, like the essays, right? The infamous college essays. How <laughs> I, I can sort of just share my tidbits on how I did it. So if that's fine. 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this is, I mean, that's perfect. I appreciate it if no one else would appreciate it. I mean, yeah. I know I would appreciate it greatly. So, uh, so how, I, how I looked at the college essay was, first it's like, okay, it's not, you answer the prompt, right? They, you answer the prompt, but what they care about is really like, how, how much of you are you showing in the prompt, right? The, the prompt is really like a, a framework for you to show who you are, you know? So it's not like you're answering the question, but you're showing who you are by how you answer the question, by how you, you, you know what I'm saying? So if they ask, you know, just tell me about yourself. They're trying to see like, how can this person, you know, just off the bat explain themselves, you know? Or if they're going to ask like a specific question, like how will they show themselves to that specific question? So what I did was that like, I got the question and I would just literally just free write. What are my thoughts? What are my feelings on this? Don't hold anything back. Um, I think one thing I found is that like, at least when I edited, so at least when I like read other people's college essays, when they wanted help, a lot of people were holding things back because they were scared um, to show certain things. But it's be, if, you, if you show that you're not scared, that helps you out more. So I'll say, don't be scared in what you say. Um, would be my first thing. And like when I showed, when I, I could, I made, I made myself completely vulnerable with some of the things that I said, but I was like, this is my story. And they're asking for me to hear it because it's probably important information for them to understand me. And if you leave that, I found that if you leave that on the table of like them getting to understand you a little more, like you're only hurting yourself. Um, so I, that's, that, that's what I sort of did. I, I just took it as, you know what? This is, this is the time for me to become real with myself. And it was a learning experience for them learning about me, but also for myself to learn even like, to like, you know, how to analyze myself, how to present, you know, my thoughts and ideas um, down. So that's, uh, uh, that's, that's my two cents on like how to sort of write these essays, really just free write it, write down what you're thinking and then polish it up. And that will be fine. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I'm, that's really good advice. I, I imagine, you know, if it worked for you in MIT, you know, it's got to, it's got to be good advice. <laughs> um, I think, I think that honestly shows, you know, you seem to be more of a balanced individual with um, the sciences and, you know, the, I don't want to say arts, but I guess the liberal arts, I guess, with, uh, you know, English and analytical thinking with the combination of, you know, STEM. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's an interesting dynamic that I'm starting to like kind of realize here, but uh, you were also talking earlier about, getting an internship on wall street yes. which also you know to me that's very very interesting and I'm, I'm curious how you did that you know what programs were made available through mit that are you know even other colleges if you know any friends that mm -hmm. you know had similar experiences with summer internships yeah sure um so how i got to that job my freshman summer was i actually i rejected from an internship my freshman year from Exxon Mobil. I really wanted to do it because I was like, well, a chemical engineer makes sense to do chemical engineering at probably one of the best places to do it, which is Exxon Mobil. But I didn't get it. I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, that was a hurt on my self-esteem. But then I uh, reached out sort of to my network and my network of people that I met through like the college process. Um, I was actually, I'm actually part of like the scholarship program um, that, that I got into. Uh, called UBS SEO, Next Gen Leaders. So SEO is the sponsors for educational opportunity. I mean, they have a lot of good programming um, called SEO Edge and whatnot. But so they had like a career event and Morgan Stanley had a table at this career event that they were 
trying to sort of like, you know, get internships for freshmen. And I applied there. I didn't know what the hell they did. I just knew that they had a job and I needed a job for the summer. And I applied to it and I got in. Found out it was like a pretty competitive uh, application. But I got in and, and then that just opened the doors to like everything, I would say. So a lot of, so it's like, a lot, some of it is stuff that I laid the groundwork for, you know, like doing well in school, applying for programs, especially for scholarship programs. But some, there's also, a, there's also, once you've laid the groundwork, there's sort of luck that comes into it. Um, like, I would have never thought that Morgan Stanley had the program that they did for freshmen. Um, I was always just like, sort of like stuck with, I am going to be an engineer, you know? But I yeah. feel like when you, when you meet the right, when you sort of, when you're going and doing the right things, right? Like doing good in your school, um, having people sort of like reach out. Cause when you do good in your school, people will sponsor you because you know, they're like, okay, like I can go to bat for this person. Um, when you just talk with people about what you're, you know, about what you're thinking about, you know, your, my frustrations, I talk to people about my frustrations that I couldn't find a job um, for the summer. People will start to put you in the right directions until you find that opportunity, you know? So part of it is luck, I would say, to find certain things, but I'll say luck comes out of being in the right like lane, being in the right sort of steps. That makes sense. So you're saying like, if you put yourself in the right, you know, people say being the right, the luck of being in the right place at the right time, but you can yeah. try to make sure you're at least in the right place and exactly. wait for the right time. right time. Exactly. It's like you change the likelihood of it's like you can change the likelihood of something good happening now there's still a chance you know there's still there's still a probability associated with certain opportunities being awarded to you but you can still change the likelihood you can still change the probability that that you know that those positive outcomes happen you know so it's like yeah be you can make sure you're in the right place i like that actually make sure you're in the right place and wait for the right time you know um that's that's what that's one thing that i've learned um and sometimes the right time it might not be what you expect too. I didn't think looking back, Morgan getting that Morning Stanley internship, that was the right time. But back then I didn't think it was. I was just like, well, I'm just going to try it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, why not go for it? The worst thing they can do is say no, right? Exactly, exactly. So I, I've sort of operated with that attitude and it's afforded me so many different opportunities and I've met so many different people just by being, well, you know, what's the worst thing that happen? They say no. Yeah. Okay. You know, what, what's the worst that can happen? Cause I'm in a good position right now. Like I'm going to a great school. I'm doing pretty well. You know, when opportunities come my way, yeah, shoot, I'm gonna try it. Let's see. And then it'll just turn into something that you wouldn't expect. And you learn. And even when it, even if it fails, you still learn something. So just always put your best foot forward, no matter what you do. And like, you literally can't go wrong. That makes sense. And, you know, I've, I've heard you say a couple of times, you didn't feel like you were that, that level of smartness, mm -hmm. but I, I want to say at the same time, when you look at, you know, your scores, what you're doing, your, how well-rounded you are. If you look at you on paper, if like, I feel like if you looked at you from an unbiased view, there could be an argument made that you really are that smart and you mm -hmm. are at that level. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you think about, you know, the people, if we take a step mm -hmm. back, the people who are maybe missing one of those key components, maybe they're, they're one of their SAT scores isn't very good. You know, they, one of their ACTs is lacking a GPA is lower than it should be, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they're still smart, you know, good people, 
but they have, you know, something holding them back. How do they move past that? How do they convince people that, hey, maybe I messed up my freshman year and it wasn't a great year. And so my GPA is lower than it should be. But how do you convince them that you're better than what that says you are? No, I, I, I get you on that. Um, I would say I, I, I always operate, I guess, with this economic theory. You always want to work to your competitive advantage. So, you know, I, I always say first, analyze yourself, know yourself first, right, about what are your strengths, your weaknesses, and be real with yourself about those. And then, all right, maybe your GPA isn't that good, but what about you is different, right? Maybe you're just a really good leader, you know? Maybe you're just re- maybe you're a really good entrepreneur, you know? Market your like really like weight overweight your strengths. Show your strengths first, and then just be real about some of your weaknesses. Um, I think it's like let's say someone has like a, their GPA isn't where they should be. There's something. There's probably something about you that's different, or that you're really good at, and play to and play to that because that will probably set you apart from other people that don't have that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, and, and I think I mean it's hard to. It, it's hard to tell someone like, you know, his grades aren't everything, but honestly, they, they kind of aren't when it gets to when it gets to the real world. Like it's really like, you know, can you galvanize people? Can you inspire people? You know, can you, can you lead that type of stuff? They love to see that too. And as long as you can play to that and articulate it clearly, that might just be a substitute for that B that you got instead of an A in a class. To be honest. Well, that's you know? awesome. Right. Cause you're saying like, now you're breaking it down into real skills. Like, you know, typically, you know, employers will think like, Oh, these grades should, you know, show that they have these skills. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can exhibit that you have leadership, you know, maybe I got to be in this class, but let me tell you, I learned leadership better than a B quality. So it's like, it's like if someone, if let's say someone's application was just their grades and they weren't good, it's going to be kind of hard to sell it. Right. But if you, if you know your grades aren't good, but you're just like a leader of like three different clubs, well, not, not even, like you're a leader of just even one club and you've taken them to this, you know, you've done, been a rock star. Play to that, you know, like that's something different about you that you can talk about versus someone that just has grades that they talk about. You know, like it, it, I feel like even then it's leaning a little more, like a leaning less towards grades and more towards like being more multifaceted. We want more multifaceted people, people that can have some leadership, People that, you know, I mean, that needs a decent amount of grades so that they can sort of keep up with the curriculum, right? Like, that's just a checkpoint. But it gets to a point where it's like, are we having leaders? Are we having people that can be sociable? You know, like, those are other strengths that I think a lot of people don't weigh on and weigh on enough. And I think once you, the people that do and really present it are pretty uh, successful throughout this process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I feel like a lot of kids, you know, they're looking at applying for colleges, but they're like, Oh, I got this one thing holding me back. And then they're, you know, they're scared and they feel like they can't exactly. do it, even though they're doing all these other amazing things. Yeah, exactly. They're doing all these other amazing things, but they're looking, they're letting their weakness drag down literally the amazingness of them as they're, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'll be honest, that's what happened to me when I look back. So I'm saying this with looking back at myself on how I treated myself. I would say like, I, I like underweighted some of the other amazing aspects of myself. I think a lot of students do that too, that they underweight the other amazing aspects of themselves. Like you're more than these things that you have to send in for your application. Like you're, you're a human, like you have experiences really play to those. Like they love to hear that and you'll be much more successful um, throughout the process, honestly. And you really do feel like the schools do care about that. 
you know, yeah. they see a kid with maybe a lower GPA, they're still, they're not going to instantly just put it no. aside. They're going to look through the entire thing and really try to get to know you as a person, even if they see something that might cause yeah. some worry. Exactly. I mean, what, what I think it is, is really like, okay, the GPA and stuff is really to say, okay, can this person go through like the coursework that we have, right? Okay. Now for certain schools, coursework might be a little harder. So you're going to probably need a higher GPA. That's just the fact of life. Right. But like, let's say the school wants like, I don't know what, let's say there's a system where they like, they're saying, okay, a 3.5 is good. Right. If, if you're a 3.5, we'll consider you right. Let's say you're like 3.5 and above. We'll just, we'll consider you and we'll keep moving forward. Let's say you're at a 3.4 or something. Right. Like, all right, we're not going to, they're not going to completely like shut you out. And they're going to say, okay, like, you know, what's the reason why, Oh, this person was doing these other things. You know what I'm saying? Like he has these other characteristics about him, characteristics about himself that, you know, we would take into account also, you know? So I don't think, yeah, I, I think um, there's, there's a little bit of underweighting on those things. And even then, like, even when it's above a 3.5, some people are like, Oh, I need like a 4.0. Like I need a hundred and everything. You kind of don't like, if you're shooting for hundred and everything, you're going to take time away from you. Like, you know, going out and like, I don't know, enjoying your life, getting new experience. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I do. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. That's what we're laughing in agreement. <laughs> like if they already said that, like the basic benchmark for someone to be like academically successful is like a 3.5. The difference between a 3.8 and a 4.0, not even like a 3.9, like a 3.8 and a 3.9 GPA. It doesn't really change. It is really not that much because you you both will be academically at least will be academically successful. It's it's just will you be like you know what are your experiences like? Do you bring anything other than other to the table to the institute? You know, will you be a leader? Will you do these other things? You know that that's what it looks for. So it's like don't worry about getting that extra like point oh one GPA like if you're already sort of you know past the threshold at which you'll be academically successful. Work on like your experiences. Work on becoming more multifaceted. Understanding people, They'll, you'll be much more. You'll be much more fulfilled, even if you don't get into your dream school. Yeah, and yeah. Personally, I've had a 4.0 since freshman year, and it's funny because as I we've gone on in school, my friends who all who started with a 4.0. They've gone up from 4.0 to 4.05 to 4.1 to 4.15. And now they're like 4.2s. They're like, great, you're in a 4.0. I'm like, I know. And they're like, why are you in a 4.0? Bro? I'm like, because I'm doing a podcast and I'm, I taught myself how to code. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Like you have these other things that honestly, I feel like it's, it's like a non-scholastic GPA in a way. You, you know, getting... I feel like your GPA is much more than just the courses you do. It's really just like, you know, the, the experiences that you get, right? Like you said, you taught yourself how to code, right? Like you were working on a drone the other day, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Doing that, that's, that's, that's something that's fun that you can do that is actually pretty productive. And it's like shows that, Hey, he takes initiative. He's, I mean, like classes show that you can sort of like follow rules and sort of work within guidelines, honestly. But then, is that other part of being like, hey, can, can this kid like take initiative to do something outside of himself? You know, um, there's things like that. And like, yeah, that, like that's a good example of, you know, who cares if it's a 4.1, 4.2. Is, is that on a four scale? Yeah, it's on a four scale. We yeah, have so uh, like, like maybe yeah. classes. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's like waiting and stuff like that, right? Like yeah. They, yeah. 
like it's like no one really cares because once you get once you get to college all of that is shattered like you're not there's no there's no higher than 4.0 or 5.0 anymore like it's really like what are you bringing to the table and when it comes to like research like trying to go into academia trying to go into corporate america they're they don't they care about gpa but they care even less than colleges do when they're accepting you they care about like what are your experiences yeah and if you cultivate that stuff now you'll be so much more fulfilled later well, I want to kind of transition to something that I feel like might be something that is sort of that fulfills you. So I, I, we, again, we did some research on you to prepare for the podcast and we saw that you were served as a mentor for a program that is called real men read. Yes. Um, do you want to talk about that some? Yeah, sure. Um, so real men read was, is a program, um, with Roxbury public schools where we mentor middle school kids, um, um, underprivileged middle school kids and it's like we we will like read with them we'll like do push-ups with them play basketball with them but it's really to sort of like serve as a resource let me mute this <laughs> you're good man like everybody wants Pop to guy. yeah yeah um so it's like a, it's, it's a place for them to um for you to serve as a resource right because we're college students we're pretty successful and it's it's for for young kids at that age to see someone that looks like them doing like pretty cool stuff and just spending time with them because this they usually don't have people that really spend time with them, you know. Um, so that's that's a program that I did a little bit while back. Um, we're thinking about sort of revamping it um, because you know, of course like school gets busy and trying to like help run that program is a lot, you know. So, um, but I remember I did that my freshman year and it was it was a really good passion of mine because I always. I always like to give back. Um, it's always good to, you know, impact, like really serve, like create, create an impact in another person's life. You know, that's kind of an insane to think about, but you know, you get to a point where you can start doing that. And I've been sort of uh, keeping that same energy as I've been here throughout the entire year. That's really awesome. You know, I really appreciate it because I've had a few podcast guests who have been on and like, they'll do things like that. Like I had this guy who, you know, competed in global hackathons and recently won, NASA space apps competition. And he was like, yeah, I mean, the most important thing for me is every week I go and I help out high school students who want to be an entrepreneur or who want to, you know, do research right now and follow what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's cool that you can, you know, give back with all your talents and all your, your skills and your insight. Cause I mean, you learn a lot, I'm sure as you go through high school and you progress through college and exactly. you're able to, you know, show these people like, Hey, I made it. And I'm like you, I look like you. You know, I was at once. And I sort of, uh, I kept that sort of mentoring theme for um, the entire, I'll say my time here. So right now, since my senior year, I'm serving as a uh, the associate advisor for a couple of freshmen that are interested in chemical engineering. So I'm doing that. And I'm also something called a peer mentor for my dorm, where I'm responsible for nine to 10 freshmen. Um, in sort of like their development throughout the year. So like I, I am sort of advising a lot of people So because I've learned a lot and I've had a lot of failures too, but I don't want them to go through also, you know, so it's, it's always about paying it forward. And it's, it's honestly fulfilling um, for both parties, I would say, more than I thought it would be um, in the beginning, um, sort of mentoring and giving back. So that's why I've sort of been doing it. But I, I've sort of scaled up my mentoring from doing Real Men Read where I only have like one kid that I talk to. Now it's sort of like almost like whole groups of freshmen that I talk to. Wow, that's that's cool. I mean, 
just kind of next steps for you to to finish this off for the podcast. Um, where are you going? What what's your next steps? Because uh, yeah. I know you're a senior at MIT right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the next thing that's going to happen for you? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, classes start on the sixth. Um, so we have registration day. No, on the fifth, and registration day is on the fourth. Um, so I'm going to finish out my classes. I have a really, really good list of classes for this year. Like I'm really excited about them. Um, uh, finish out my double major. And then I actually got an offer for like a full-time job from BlackRock, which is an investment manager. Um, so I sort of took the wall street thing and said, like, I, I want to do quantitative analysis. So I'd be doing quite, I, I would be doing quantitative analysis at BlackRock. Haven't accepted the offer yet, but um, I do think I will. Uh, and I'd be working in New York um, after I graduate. Hopefully, you know, like I have sort of like a two-year plan. You know, I'll work for like two years and then reevaluate myself, see where see where I am, is it where I want to be, and figure out next steps from there. But I'll say immediately I'm going to be work probably working on Wall Street um, after I graduate, doing quant uh, quant stuff. And then I'll probably have sort of like some side stuff that I do. I like to play on Kaggle with like data science stuff. Yeah, that's always fun to do with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd say like next, I guess next milestone is graduation and then working for about two years after graduation before I have that sort of like next evaluation where I either consider like, do I want to go for an MBA, like a master's in business administration, or do I want to you know do a PhD or whatever? Um, so that's, that's what's next for me. 